Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote that song on Christmas, I think it was 1864. His wife had died from severe burns as a result of a fire in his home. Shortly thereafter, his son, who was serving in the Union Army during the Civil War, was returned to him after severe wounds to his upper torso and lay in great pain on that Christmas Eve night when Wadsworth heard the bells and then faced the awful reality that the promise of peace on earth is not come in his day. And we, we know the same feeling, not just from without, but from within. With all the things going on in the world, Iran and Russia making rather ominous threats after Zelensky spoke to Congress. Our defense forces are on DEFCON 3, which hasn't been something we've been at since 9-11-2001. Where is peace on earth? How can these words from the angel, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased, how can that possibly be true when the world is at war and we struggle with the internal fights of our hearts as well as the outward struggle around us. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And I've just kind of given up trying to make sense of it. But what I haven't given up is understanding what God's Word says and what the angel was trying to say that night, whose words are still true today. What does this angel mean by the word peace? It seems to me that we have to understand that word the way he meant it before we can get anywhere. Well, to understand what the angel meant by the word peace, we have to understand that he meant the Hebrew idea of shalom, the idea of a whole person peace. This isn't just a peace where you feel okay with your heart or your emotions. The idea of a whole person peace is that in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, and in our bodies, we have peace. But what does this really mean, and how do you even attain such a thing as whole person peace? Well, before we can have peace over our whole personhood, there has to be peace between God and mankind. The idea that Jesus has come to earth to bring peace, first place that he's going to bring peace is between you and me and our Father in heaven. Our heavenly Father, whom we are at odds with because of our disobedience and rebellion. The simple reality is, is even this week, I didn't want to do it his way, I wanted to do it my way. And that attitude is what brings separation in a relationship. We know that. I mean, almost everybody in here has had to deal with children where you go, okay, look, I want you to do it this way because this way will get the job done without you getting hurt. And their response is, nope, I'm going to do it my way. But if you do it your way, it's going to be more painful than if you do it my way. I don't care. I'm going to do it my way. And then they do it their way. 
And then we spend the next three hours picking up the pieces, fixing everything that got broken, and wiping away tears. That's what we do to our Father in Heaven. Therefore, there needs to be the reconciliation. There can't be peace between us without that reconciliation. But that peace that the angel's talking about isn't just an idea of peace between us and our Father. It's also peace between us and our fellow man. So for this idea of peace to really come to fruition, we have to be at peace with our Heavenly Father and with each other. I don't know about you, but I find peace with other humans more difficult than it is with my Father in Heaven. I mean, even even the people that I have sired, that have come from my loins, challenge me to have peace with them. My consolation is that I know almost everyone in this room does too. Like I have to love them, right? I mean, I'm obligated to love them, whether I want to or not. At least I have a choice with each of you. I can choose whether or not I want to love you. And I do, I choose to. And so, okay, I mean, this is just so frustrating. This peace just isn't here. Not from without and not within. But where does it come from? What is its source? I mean, now that I understand what he means by the word peace, what? how do I get it? Well, the first Part of that is the recognition that the transformative work of the Holy Spirit within us is how this peace starts to become peace, how it starts to bear the fruit and, and, and be born. We could almost think of it like a fruit tree where it germinates and takes what seems like years to grow and then finally starts to bear the first single pieces of fruit, of peace. And then over more years, there's more fruit. We have more peace. But it starts with the transformative work of the Spirit to cause me to want to have peace with my Father in Heaven and to have peace with my fellow man. And then the source is, it's Jesus. I know, that's like like the third great answer, right? The third great answer to every question is Jesus. But Jesus is the source. It's, it's his grace. Mercy and truth come from the Father, but grace and peace through Jesus. Okay, so then what does it look like? I mean, when, when I finally realize peace, what will it look like? Can I at least know what I'm supposed to look like? Harmony and unity with God and each other. That's one of the evidences that we've attained this kind of peace, that we've, we've submitted to the working of the Spirit and given to the Lord what He's asked from us, and we begin to attain harmony and unity with Him and those around us. Another evidence that I've started to attain this kind of peace is when I'm willing to set aside my own wants to encourage this peace and unity among our fellowship. 
And then the last one is seeking of the good of those around us to obtain peace with them. I mean, it's just really, I don't know about you, but I've discovered that it's really difficult to have peace with people if you're self-centered and don't really care about them. And I've also discovered that a little bit of caring goes a long way towards obtaining peace. But what we aren't looking for is that fake peace of where it's just quiet. Right? Where it's just quiet and we think, oh, that's peace. No. That's the moments before the eruption. Because it's fake. And we all know it's fake because no one wants to say anything. Because we know that the moment someone says something, the fake peace will fall apart and it'll all be on. Everybody will be doing what they do best. No, if it's going to be real peace, I have to be okay with not getting everything that I want. And I have to be willing to give up so that others can have some peace too. But what am I supposed to give up? I don't know what you have to give up. All I can tell you is that whatever it is you're going to have to give up for peace is different than what I got to give up. And it's going to be different from your spouse than what they have to give up. It's going to be different from what your siblings have to give up. It'll be one of those things where you and the Lord have to sit down and have this conversation about what it is I got to give up to get the peace. But I know I've made this sound like this arduous task because that in one sense it is. It's one of these, this thing of sanctification, this thing of you and me becoming more like Jesus is one of those things where it's the work of the Spirit along with us working with the Spirit. And the our side of the, the equation is just really hard, or at least it is for me. And it just feels like a big struggle. And part of that is because I just don't want to let go of some things. And I find that the harder the struggle is, the more I'm holding on to something. And that something I'm holding on in is usually a good sign of what it is I need to give up. But I'm really not giving up that much at the end of the day. That's the sad kind of part about fighting this struggle. And this thing that I'm holding on to for dear life, that when I finally let go of it, I realized well, it really wasn't that big a deal. It just wasn't that important. I don't know why I thought it was. I guess because I was scared to death that if I let it go, I'd never get it back. Or who knows what. But then life was just so much easier when I let it go. And so I realized that the peace this angel's talking about has a lot less to do with those around me and a lot more to do about me. And so do you. The peace the angel's talking about has a lot less to do with the people around you and a lot more to do with you. And the result is going to be joy. I mean, real joy, right? Not just happiness in the moment, but joy even in the hardships. 
I know people think that's crazy. How can you have joy in hardships? Well, if you're not at peace with the Heavenly Father, you're not going to have joy in hardships. You're going to have bitterness in hardships. And my encouragement to you is strive for the joy in the difficult times and difficult circumstances. Because God loves you just like he loves me. He gave his son so that we could have peace with him and with each other. And at the end, this is all going to just melt away. And even the most difficult things will one day not really be that big a deal. So just be at peace with our father through Jesus Christ. And in Christ, strive for peace with everyone. Because the heart at peace, the mind at peace, the soul at peace will result in a body that's at peace. Let's pray. Father, we are desperately in need of your peace, both from without and from within. And, and I can't control what happens in Ukraine or Russia or China or North Korea. And I can't really even control what happens in this city. And at times, I'm not even sure I have that much control over what's happening in my life. But I still need your peace and still want your peace. And we ask, Father, that you would give us your peace. Not for the sake of peace, but for the joy of knowing you and walking with you that it brings. And I pray, Lord, that you would somehow use us to be examples of peace and to extend the hope of being able to find peace in especially difficult circumstances for those around us, Father. And in so doing, we would just become more like Jesus. And we ask it because we know that you want to give good gifts to your children, Father. In Jesus' holy name, amen.